and welcome to another episode of Communication Means Talking Together. This is Arjun. A common question that people seem to ask when we have great conversations about communication skills is, Hey Arjun, what books can I read to improve my communication skills? And I have to tell you, that's a, that's a very good question and it's worth pondering not just to figure out what this amazing book list might be, but indeed, how do you utilize a classic print text? If indeed, that is how we think about books in the age of audiobooks and YouTube videos and so much more. Do we still need a book to help improve our communication skills? Now, the caveat is we communicate and we learn about communication through communicating. So let's say you're trying to learn a language. Say, for example, Spanish, because that's the one I'm trying to learn. In addition to the languages I may already know, I thought it might be useful. And you can learn your como estas and your muy biens through a little bit of, shall we say, Learn books, you know, your typical school textbook style uh, publications. You have your apps, you have channels, YouTube channels, where the host will talk you through and try and teach you a few words a day or a few phrases a day. But really, you know, it's, it's how you sit down with someone and try and converse in this example in Spanish or it could be French or Italian or many other language you can think of. It's really the utilization that brings that higher level of learning where you are able to draw upon what you think you remember and you correctly utilize it and you are able to make meaning with this other person. That's how you know I know the language, right? So perhaps it's the same with communication skills and as I may have shared, and as some of you may already know, I've, I've got this background in higher education. And so when I teach public speaking or debate or leadership or writing, whatever it may be, naturally there's got to be some written text. Could be a, a publication, could be an article that people download, or a, a website that they go to. Combination of the above. So the text part is necessary. There's no doubt about it. But that's, you know, very targeted, right? You're trying to learn a specific skill, like let's say public speaking. And so then the question is, how does one, as a lifelong learner, as a lifelong learner, how do you improve your communication skills? Well, here's a couple thoughts I had. What made my communication skills work and improve over the years. Perhaps it's from drawing upon my own example that I can share some, some techniques and resources. One thing I can tell you that is undoubtedly a foundation is vocabulary. And so in the old days, we used to have these thick, dusty books on a bookshelf. And when you didn't know a word that you were reading in the newspaper or anywhere else, You'd have to reach out, pull it off the shelf, and look up the word. 
Now, thanks to Google and search engines of different kinds, you can look up the word very conveniently. But the point is still the same, that your ability to learn a few new words every so often and try them out in your day-to-day -day life, not to impress people, you understand, but to show people that you're very good at describing things. Like I had a friend who would say, I don't want to sound smart. I want to sound well-spoken. And I want to sound like I'm good at apt descriptions of things. And that's a really good way to think about vocabulary. So instead of saying good, you might say excellent. Or you might go one step further and you say, that was a very precise description. So instead of saying good, you say precise. Precise is when you're thinking in terms of exactness. Good is in terms of a subjective quality that you are evaluating, right? So, but by saying precise, I'm, I'm not saying something general like good. I'm saying something that's describing an ability or an activity. Or I should say a performance of something, right? So using the most appropriate word, not the most fancy sounding word, is the way to go when it comes to vocabulary. So like I was saying, in today's age, you don't have to buy a thesaurus or buy a dictionary. You have it available to you. Let's use those. So you may already know a few words, but what are other words that sound similar to them that are interesting? And so when you write an email or an essay or a report, you can mix it up. And by doing so, you keep your writing or your, your speech interesting. So, for example, instead of saying that was a good speech, you can say that was an eloquent speech, right? You see how we did that? So, to recap, vocabulary building is definitely a great place to start. So, if you don't have your traditional uh, dictionaries or thesauri, I suppose that's the plural, you know, utilize your digital equivalents and that will really help. Thinking about all kinds of words and how they relate to each other, how they better describe what's happening. That's what makes speech, communication, and writing so interesting. And one additional wrinkle I think I can add to this is a personal favorite of mine, is I love to look up the root meanings of words. And so uh, I think there's a website called etimai, E-T, I hope I'm spelling this correctly, etmyonline.com. I'm doing this on the fly. But you get the idea. It's the etymology of words. And there's a website these days that you can look up where a word came from. You might wonder, why is that interesting? Well, sometimes when we, word a, when we use a word very often, we, we might be using it in a very colloquial sense. And we only really uh, utilize it very narrowly. Like one of my favorite words that I looked up in recent years, the root word of, the root um, origins of, I should say, is the word strategy. Because we use strategy as a word all the time, right? Well, let's be strategic. What's your strategy? Let's be strategic. A very common uh, comment people make. So, but then what is strategy? And of course, when you look it up, the root words and the origin it is to do with strata, like levels, to have 
a big picture view of everything. It's like, you know, in the days of old when two armies were fighting, right? And so let's say a general of one of the armies had, you know, uh, shall we say, high ground, and you're able to see far out. Perhaps they had telescopes then, perhaps they didn't. These days, of course, we have satellites and so much more. But the idea is you're able to see what's going on in your side and on the other side, and you're able to figure out how you need to go about things in order to progress. So that's the way to think. I, I feel it is looking up the root words, uh, the root origins of words really does help to use the word more appropriately. So we don't sound uninformed, right? And, and we also are able to then help people actually do the thing. So if you're able to explain to someone what you mean when you say strategic, you're actually, you're actually able to help them be strategic. And that's what I'm trying to say. So we talked a lot about vocabulary, right? You might be wondering, okay, great. That's fantastic. I can learn new words, synonyms, uh, maybe even look up the root meanings of words. But what, what else? What else can we do? So of course, I'd be remiss if I wasn't plugging my own book. Communication means talking together. Same uh, name as this podcast. Uh, which does have a very good primer and uh, old, old jokes aside, it's a very good primer on basic public speaking skills, but also leadership skills and business communication skills. Putting that aside for the moment, I really have to tell you that there's some amazing resources out there uh, that are free, right? Your local library, online articles, because think about it this way, every business book ever written has the author in order to promote the book goes out puts podcasts out writes articles gets interviewed on television on youtube channels the like and they're able to share their ideas you know in in a nutshell so you don't have to read a thousand books you can instead read a few articles and get a lot of information out from them but what are we trying to say here so we've got words on the one hand You've got techniques, right? So for example, how should you structure a speech? That would be a technique. So you'd want to learn what kinds of things come first. Obviously, you want to get people's attention. You want to be able to uh, put your ideas together in a succinct, well-organized, logical format. And you want to close and give people some food for thought. And that's a very brief way of describing it. But I think you get the idea. So, there, like I said, there's a, a, a ton of good uh, public speaking books out there, many of which are used in the college format and to teach college students basic public speaking skills. And you can pick any one of them, quite frankly. They're all reasonably good. The point is that you start with the vocabulary, you move to the techniques, and then you go to the last piece, which is ideas. And ideas are so powerful in how they can be used to give us a new way of looking at things. And in doing so, perhaps we're able to talk to others and explain things to others in a new way as well. For instance, you might think of uh, a famous speech or two 
in in the past. Uh, a an example might be the JFK speech, right? Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Fun fact, that format of phrasing is called a chiasmus, right? Where they flip uh, the first and second part of the phrase and in doing so change your perspective. So powerful speeches are another great resource, I feel, for getting great ideas, for improving your vocabulary, for giving you some cool techniques, because if you're reading a speech today that you knew about, that's famous, that's been talked about for 10, 20, 50, 100 years, probably there was something good in there. One of my favorite books I read about a, a single speech that really resonated was uh, uh, this book about uh, the Gettysburg Address by Lincoln. And you can look up uh, Lincoln on Gettysburg, something along that line. That's the title of the book. And I think that's on, available uh, for purchase. I read this book and uh, I, I had it until recently, until somebody who I lent it to didn't give it back to me. But jokes aside, it was a very powerful description of how Lincoln, in the days preceding the actual speech, the way the author put it, and I think uh, the author looked through a lot of notes, first draft, second draft, third draft, however many drafts there were of the speech, which of course by the end of it, President Lincoln sort of went extemporaneous. He didn't have notes necessarily in front of him, I think, at the end of it. That's how I remembered the book anyhow. And of course, no one really knows exactly what version of the speech was delivered, how close was it to any of the written drafts, and as the famous story goes, everyone was so dumbstruck at the speech that no one thought to transcribe it live. Uh, you know, the, the reporters and people assembled at the, at the location then. But the point is that you see how Lincoln and he did have a co-author helping him write the speech. They went through these multiple drafts and changed a word here and changed a word there and, and, you know, sort of like how a songwriter might, or a poet might, or even a stand-up comedian writing a joke might change a word and scrub a, a few syllables down and say, hmm, this line is too long, I need to cut it down a bit. I, I really think that this book and books like it that show the progression, um, and of course the final product of the famous speech, I Have a Dream, could be another one that you look at. They all have at least one technique that really stands out. Right. And I think the way President Lincoln in this speech managed to talk about a nation as a concept, as an ideal, as an entity, and as something that we are all part of, I think that was really powerful. Right. There was this sense of unity. I think the theme of unity and preserving a country uh, in a time of war, this is, of course, during the time of the Civil War. Again, powerful ideas are are so important for us to learn from because there may be some inspiration we can take from a Lincoln speech, a JFK speech, a Martin Luther King Jr. speech that we can utilize in an opportunity that we get down the road. So repetition, like uh, I have a dream, I have a dream, I have a dream, right? The way in that format Dr. King managed to create this crescendo, this momentum, in in that speech 
and end on such a powerful note. To recap with, with JFK, it was about making it about personal responsibility to the nation and, you know, sacrificing for, uh, one's, uh, community in a sense. And of course, w before both of them, President Lincoln talking about nation and this particular nation and trying to create some sense of unity in a time of, uh, strife. Very powerful, very moving, and very perspective-changing approaches by all these three leaders in their own different ways. So to put it all together, folks, vocabulary is important. Meanings of words and using the right word in the right occasion, very important. So always see if you can look up the word and use words that are similar to it, that are more precise for a given moment. Secondly, think of techniques, and like I said, uh, outside of the book that I mentioned that I've written, there's a lot of books out there that teach you, uh, you know, your basic college public speaking skills, basic college writing skills. And I don't want to plug one author or another. They're all really pretty good. Just have a look and see what's affordable for you. Um, but, and one tip that I gave you is it's okay if you don't have time to read, you know, all these 200, 300 word, uh, 300 page, uh, books that people write, business books. I mean, just look up what they might tell you in, in brief in an interview. But really what I wanted to share was the process of a speech, be it, I have a dream, be it, uh, JFK's speech, be it, uh, President Lincoln's speech on Gettysburg. I mean, the, the process through which one of those speeches might be written and the process through which and the techniques through which they might be delivered with the theme and the idea and the perspective that they're trying to get across. It's really about connecting to your audience. And so the more ways you can look into the minds and the hearts of your audience and try and understand who these people are and try and connect with them on that emotional, personal level, whatever books can help you do that, that's a good book to read. We'll end it here today, everybody. It was a pleasure to connect with you one more time. If you enjoyed this, do give us a like, share, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening this, uh, listening to this on. If you want to say hello, come to culturespeak.com, drop us a line. And as always, have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next time.